We are in the middle of a series on how to beat the blues when the funk of life gets on you and starts sucking your joy away and you just feel down and discouraged. Good time of the year because uh, right in the middle of winter, it's a long way to go yet before we get out of this. And a lot of people kind of get in the funk of uh, the wintertime blues. But uh, So that's why we're doing this series, to encourage people how to get out of that kind of a situation. So, to help us focus on how to break out of the blues, we have us, with us again the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher. Please give it up for Jimmy. Good morning. How y'all doing? I wrote this song because I made a discovery. I heard this voice one day speak to me and say, Jimmy, everybody's messed up. (laughs) Including you. So if you're thinking you got it right, guess what you don't? You need some help. Goes like this.
Fletcher. By the way, for those of you uh, on near this uh, in the Green Bay area, uh, Jimmy's going to be at the Cup. Cup of Joy Saturday night, seven thirty. And we're just going to let Jimmy loose on you next Sunday, and he's also going to be preaching the message next Sunday. So he's just going to come at y'all, talking about the blues. So you won't want to miss that. Let's look at Acts, the 16th chapter. Now, Acts is uh, the uh, historical record of what happened in the church right after Jesus was taken into heaven. And uh, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers these guys, and they go out and they change the world. And there's a fabulous... Uh, account here in Acts, the 16th chapter, <clears throat> talking about Paul and Silas and how they went out uh, preaching the gospel and a great lesson this morning and how you can beat the blues in your life. Looking at verse 16 of chapter 16, it says this, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. This is a girl who was possessed of an evil spirit and the spirit allowed her to be able to tell people's fortunes now it doesn't say how accurate she was but enough of an impression that people would come and pay money to listen to this girl and uh, it says she earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling again it wasn't her but she would fall into these trances and she would speak under the influence of the spirit into people's lives and people found it quite impressive and they would go to her pay big money to Try and figure out what to do with their lives. Well, the Bible says this girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, she's saying the accurate thing, but she's being highly irritating. Everywhere she's going, These men are servants of the Most High God! These men are servants of the Most High God! Telling you how to be saved! How to be saved! You can imagine this would get highly irritating after a while. Actually, it would have taken about 10 minutes and I'd have had a fit. But this lady kept it up for many days, the Bible says. Everywhere they'd go, she'd just follow and tag after these guys. By the way, there's a lesson there. You can say the right thing and still be highly irritating. (laughs) Come on. Well, I was telling him the truth, Pastor. Yeah, but back off, man. (laughs) Don't be so irritating the way you get in people's faces and stuff. Goodness gracious. Some people, they just, you know, you wonder why they can't get anybody to come to Jesus, man, because you're so obnoxious with it. So I'm telling them the truth. Brother, just tell them the truth. No, no, just be nice for crying out loud. You can tell the truth and drive people nuts, which is exactly what this lady was doing. Anyway, she kept this up for many days, and finally Paul became so troubled. It took him days to get there, but I got a lot short of temper, I think. After many days, he became so troubled, he turned around, and he talked to that spirit inside of her, and he said, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. <laughs> Man, it had to be so cool being around Paul and Silas. Except that they kept getting arrested and beat up. That wouldn't have been so fun. But, uh, but, but these cats would, man, just walking around in the power of God. See a spirit irritating you. Just say, knock it off. And that thing just left her. Just like that. These guys were out doing the will of God. And the first point I want to make this morning is if you want to be able to beat the blues, you've got to be out there doing what God has called you to do. 
You need to do what God is asking of you to do. Now, there's a lot of people who have a hard time with that. They love Jesus. At least that's what they say. They come to church. They, they want to, you know, have that part in their lives. But they still want to keep doing things they know God doesn't want them to do. Or they keep from doing things that they should do. And, uh, and they become quite miserable, you know. You've got two kinds of Christians. You've got Christians who are just full of the joy of the Lord. And then you've got Christians who are absolutely miserable. Why is that? There's nobody more miserable than a Christian who's fighting God in his or her life. I'll tell you what. Now, I'm amazed at the tolerance level people have for pain and misery in their lives. You know, I am a wuss. I am a girly man. And uh, I can't handle misery in my life. And if I'm miserable for a few days, man, I'm, I'm, re, I'm reevaluating. What is going on? You know what I'm saying? I want to get it right. Whatever God wants me to do, I want to do it because I hate being miserable. Looking at me like they're already miserable this morning. Be miserable walking around. Just, uh, uh. <laughs> Pastor, why does my life stink? Why does my life stink? Why does my... We'll do what God wants you to do. I don't want to! Well, your life's got to keep stinking. Well, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But my life stinks. My life stinks. And there they live. What a joy. And why, why you want to live that way? Give it up already. Let go and let God have his way in your life. You are never going to be able to beat the blues. In fact, the blues, you're just going to invite it everywhere you go if you keep fighting God. And honestly, think it through. You're fighting God. Who do you think's going to win? You'll be honest. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You think God's going to get tired and go, okay. Goodness gracious, he will wait you out. We've been studying in our Wednesday night Bible studies about the uh, children of Israel in the desert. Took them 40 years to get what it should have just taken them, you know, a week and a half to get to. Why did it take them so long? Because they were so, so fighting God all the time. Just wrestling against God. Oh, And God just waited them out. God will wait you out, man. He just made them wander around, run around until they all died off. Then let their kids go in. Man, you don't want to do that. Quit fighting God in your life. Do the right thing. Honestly, don't you get tired of being miserable? At some point, you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Goodness gracious, let go, man. Let God. These guys were out there doing the will of God. When you're doing the will of God, you're doing the right thing. You're doing what God's called you to do. Man, it strengthens you. It empowers you. So you can walk free of the funk of life. Everybody else might be rinking and stinking and down and blue, but you are full of glory. Joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. Why? Because you're just free. You're just free. Hallelujah. Just let go and let God. So that's number one. Now, as we continue the story here, so he, he, he tells this spirit, get out of that girl. And, and all of a sudden, the spirit's gone. The girl is free. And now the girl can't do anything. And she can't prophesy and speak. And she doesn't fall into these trances anymore. And, but when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, now they're ticked. You know, they listened to Paul and Silas. They didn't care what they had to say. But when you mess with people's wallets, oh man, now they get mad. You know, you can just see some people, they're happy in church till the offering goes by. And then it's, don't touch my wallet. 
As soon as they find out that the money was gone, oh man, now they're ticked off. So they seize Paul and Silas and they drag them into the marketplace to face the authorities. And they trump up these charges against them. Remember, up to this point, they had no problem with what they were doing. It wasn't until about the money. All changes with the money, doesn't it? They brought them before the magistrates and they said, These guys are Jews and they've been throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Untrue, but this was a trumped up charge. Well, then they got the crowd in a lather and they're all just, they're joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates, being typical politicians, just wanting to make everybody happy, not having much of a backbone, decided to order them to be stripped and beaten. Now, that's a bad day. I mean, it's a bad day when you're beaten. It's a really bad day when you're stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, now it's bad enough to be flogged, it's another to be severely flogged. Now, this is 2,000 years ago. What do you think severely flogged looked like? Oh, man. They had to be hurting big time. Can you imagine what their backs looked like? The blood that was flowing, the pain. And the back, man, that hurts. That hurts, man. You, you know, somebody pick your back. Ow! I mean, I, you ever have to do one of those, uh, what do you call, allergy things? You ever do one of those things where they do that? And they're, going, they're pricking your arm and stuff, and they're going down your, ow, 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 ow. And they start doing it down your back, and you're going, ah, 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 Man, that really hurts. So they're severely flogged, then they're thrown into prison. Now, this is not Brown County lockup here. This is 2,000 years ago. You can imagine the wonderful condition in this prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Well, upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Well, what a drag, man. You just got the snot kicked out of you. You are in agonizing pain. They throw you in the prison, and now you can't move your feet in your legs because you're in stocks and they have you in this hell hole and this is about here where most of us would just be having a cow <laughs> God where are you God how could you let this happen to me I'm out there doing the right thing I'm preaching to people we're sacrificing we're doing all this hard work and now look at us. A lot of people be whining, complaining, pointing at God. And they wonder why. I'll tell you what. When you're in the toilet, you better be nice to God. Or you're going to stay in the toilet. Are you hearing me? When your life stinks, that's not the time to be yelling at God. Does that make sense to anybody? About six of you. Yes, okay. But this is what they do. At midnight, the Bible says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They're all listening to these. They listen to these guys. They ought to be cursing. They ought to be angry. They ought to be blaming God for the mess that they're in. But listen to them. They're singing. These people are crazy. <laughs> you got to be a little nuts, man. When you start celebrating... When things are going wrong. But I'll tell you what. It's easy to praise God when everything's going good. Somebody say amen. amen. 
Easy. Oh, yeah, you win the lottery. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Start prophesying. But when they're repossessing your house, ooh, not so easy. When you lost your job, ooh, not so easy now. But this is when you want to start praising God and start celebrating God. When everything starts smelling in your life, man, you want to start celebrating God because it releases the power of God into your life. It gets God's attention. Again, God is not that impressed when you just got a $50,000 raise and you're happy. I'm sure he's happy, you know, he likes to bless people, but when you start praising and celebrating God, when you're losing everything, when things are going wrong, when things at home are difficult, and you, you, you find out you're sick, and someone you love and care about is sick and getting sicker, and in the midst of that, you start praising God and celebrating, I'm telling you, that gets heaven's attention. Who, who is that? And the power of God comes, check this out. So here these guys are in this smelly prison, all beat up. They're singing at midnight. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. (laughs) That that is so cool. It's like God is just going, yeah, 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 boom, and the whole place just starts shaking. And it says at once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. When you start praising God in the midst of adversity, not only will it set you free, it'll set people around you free. You start really making a difference in people's lives. Why? Because you're walking in the power of God. power of God sets people free. Hallelujah. This is what happened, man. All of a sudden, the prison doors all fly open. Everybody's chains come off. That had to freak out all the other prisoners. Whoa. Well, the Bible says, the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open... He freaks out and he draws his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Why would he do that? Why would he? Because when you were in charge of prisoners and they escaped, they didn't just fine you. They didn't just dock your pay. They killed you. And they didn't just kill you, kill you. They really killed you. They would torture you, man, and rip your guts out and spread them all over. I'm telling you, these guys were brutal. You talk about fear. These people watched what they were doing. Because the price, if you messed up, was huge. Better to kill yourself than to let your boss get a hold of you. Because it would have been really horrible. This guy opens up his eyes and he not only sees one jail cell open, they're all open. And he freaks. Now, you would think, well, come on, there was an earthquake. You know, that'd be a big explanation. It didn't matter. These people were held responsible. Didn't matter if an earthquake did it. Those prisoners get away, it's your life. And he reaches for a sword and he's about to take his life in fear. But Paul, the Bible says, Shout it out to him. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. Well, the jailer called for some lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and he asked them this. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now check this out. 
This was pretty cool stuff. I mean, this guy, he's hearing these guys worshiping God, celebrating God. He goes ahead and just falls asleep trying to ignore them. This happens. The power of God sets everybody free. And man, he wants to know, how do I get in on this? How can I experience what you guys are experiencing? How can I get saved? Now check it out. This is their answer. He says, if you will believe in the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. You and your whole household. Man, anybody who wants to know, in, uh, wants in on this thing, can be in on it. If you'll just believe in Jesus. Now stop and think how radical that is. I've mentioned this to you before and will many other times. Christianity, true Christianity, is unlike any other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world, you've got to study it and you've got to rehearse it and you've got to learn about it and you've got to go through their prayers and their rituals and their disciplines and go, you know, do their meditations or go on their pilgrimages and and do all these things and fast and beat themselves. It's amazing what people all over the world do in religion. Desperately trying to experience God. If you will just discipline yourself enough... Pray hard enough. Be good enough. Be focused enough. Meditate hard enough. Quiet yourself enough. Maybe you can experience a taste of the divine. That's their promise. Of course, it's a promise they cannot fulfill. Because it doesn't happen. But they desperately, desperately, desperately try to do it. Christianity is completely the opposite. Christianity starts out with you experiencing the power of the divine in your life. Boom. Just like that. It's amazing. This guy wants to know how can he experience Jesus, the salvation. And Paul says, if you'll just believe in Jesus. See, that's why it's such good news. That's why the gospel is called the gospel. It's, it's the Greek word for good news. It's incredibly good news. When you realize what you have available in the message of Jesus Christ, this is huge good news. You can start out experiencing God's forgiveness and grace in your life today. Even though you say, well, I don't know much about this. Doesn't matter. This guy didn't know anything about it. He wasn't a religious guy. He's a pagan. He hadn't been in Sunday school all his life. He doesn't know jack squat about jack squat. And he comes and says, how, how can I get saved? He says, if you believe in Jesus. And he starts to explain to him the very simple gospel. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Now check this out. These guys are in agonizing pain. Their backs are ripped up. They are bleeding. They have to be unimaginably miserable. But in the midst of their misery, what do they do? They focus on that guy. Let me help you. Let me show you how you can be saved. Let me tell you the good news of God. And he's ministering to this man, which brings me to point number three. You want to beat the blues? Focus on somebody else. Quit looking inward all the time. Woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. But pastor, my life stinks. Well, quit thinking about it. Start focusing on somebody else. Start ministering to somebody else. Try to help somebody else. It wasn't until they'd already preached the gospel of this guy when the guy all of a sudden goes, Oh man, let me, let me help your backs. That hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now check it out. Here is a pagan who knows nothing about nothing. Within hours, he hears the gospel, he believes, and he becomes a baptized Christian. 
Not weeks and weeks and weeks of catechism classes. Not years of studying this. Not time going through that or the other. I'm telling you, Christianity begins experiencing God right off the bat. That's awesome, man. So the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole family experienced God. Now, we also study the Bible and learn and grow. But it's a different reason, see. People without true knowledge of Jesus Christ work hard from the outside trying to experience God on the inside. It never works. Christianity, you begin experiencing God. And now you learn so you can work God on the outside of you. You can work out what he's put inside of you. Start affecting the lives around you. Focusing on helping others. Our uh, ushers can go ahead and get ready to come at the different campuses and the musicians get ready for our communion. The rest of the story says, when it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order. These are the guys who ordered them beat up and thrown in jail. Said, okay, you can, you can let those guys go now. And the jailer Paul told Paul, uh, hey, good news. The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas can be released. Yeehaw! Now you can leave. Go in peace. I want you to see something here. Walking in the kind of life that these guys did didn't mean that they were just wusses and let people climb all over the top of them. Because Paul was ticked off. I mean, in the midst of this, he never blamed God. He was ministering, doing what God called him to do. He praised God in the midst of circumstances and he ministered to others even when he was in great need. And that's why he walked in such joy. But he wasn't a wuss. He was ticked off because what they had done to him was illegal. You couldn't have done what they did. So when they came and they said, well, you can tell them to go, Paul says, wait a minute. They beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens, which is against the law, and they threw us into prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? No stinking way. You let them come down here and escort us out. (laughs) I love that. Paul in people's faces all the time. Well, the officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, see, they didn't check. Now they freaked because they knew they broke the law. They were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them, please go away. After Paul and Silas came out of prison, they went over to Lydia's house where they met with the brothers there and encouraged them. And then they left. You want to beat the blues in your life? Number one, do what God is asking of you to do. Quit fighting God in your life. Number two, you need to learn how to praise and celebrate God in the midst of adversity because it will release the power of God into your life when you do that. And number three, when you're in a funk, when you're down, when you're feeling depressed, man, focus on somebody else. Go help somebody else. Volunteer somewhere else. Get involved in helping around the church, ushering or working with children or whatever whatever opportunity that is before you. Start focusing on somebody else instead of just focusing on what's wrong with you all the time. You do these things, I promise you, you will walk in victory. You will walk in joy. And while everybody else is in a blue, stinky funk around you, you will be full of joy and glory. And people will look at you and go, wow, that guy is crazy. How can he do that? And your joy will start to set them free. Your freedom will affect the, the lives of other people that are in bonds and in chains emotionally in their lives. The gospel can come and bring power to them. 
Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Is what the jailer asked. It's a big question. Maybe you're here this morning and say, okay, how do I get in on this? What do I have to do to be saved? Just be good enough? No, it's not going to work. Go to church? That's not going to do it. This guy never went to church. There wasn't a church. Or just be nice, give to the United Way? Well, it's nice to do, but that's not going to save your soul. The only way you could be saved is to do what this man did. Put his hope and trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. That's what we're doing during communion now. We're turning our attentions to the cross. Jesus Christ on the cross. He was brutally beaten and crucified. Quietly. The Bible says at any time he could have called 10,000 angels and they would have come and rescued him. But he didn't. Why not? He willingly allowed his body to be broken so we could be whole. His blood shed to wash away the stain of our sins. That's what we celebrate as Christians. We put our hope and trust in his sacrifice that we might have forgiveness of sins and have eternal life. If you're willing this morning to turn away from what's wrong in your life and put your faith in Jesus, you can experience God this morning. Not just hear about it, but experience. So, well, there's so many things I don't know and so many questions. I Still, it doesn't matter. You start with the experience here, with the grace of God in your life. Let's all bow our heads at all the different campuses this morning. I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite everybody to pray with it. Not that everybody needs to get saved every weekend. That's not what this is about. This is just about praying so it's uh, together so it's easy for those doing this the first time. But if you've never truly surrendered your life to Christ, if you will pray this prayer with us and mean this, you can experience this wonderful grace that we're talking about this morning. Let's pray together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you love me so much You went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender to you. 